Hi, and welcome to Processing Pros, a series through Ear on Processing. On this series, we're joined by engineers, executives, and other thought leaders in the process manufacturing sector to cover a variety of topics you need to know to better manage your industrial process operations and to maximize product quality output and profitability. And now, on to the episode. Hi, I'm Nate Todd, Senior Editor of Processing, and I'm joined today by Todd Smith, Manager of Kansas State University's Bulk Solids Technology Center. Prior to joining K-State, Todd was General Manager at Copirion Catron in Salina, Kansas. Todd's also a frequent contributor and member of Processing's Editorial Advisory Board. Thanks for speaking with me today, Todd. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Nate. So I understand that some big changes are underway at K-State this year. Can you fill us in on what's happening? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. We're going to be in a new location. Uh, we've got new sponsorships and partner base and even a new, a new name where uh, the name now is Book Solids Technology Center. And we're part of the Advanced Manufacturing Center at the uh, campus of K-State in Olathe, Kansas, which is uh, a suburb of Kansas City. Oh, okay. So what, what's what been driving these changes in, in, in the new location? Well, it's a, a combination of several things. I'm new to academia. I just joined K-State about uh, four years ago. Before that, I was in industry for um, for 40 years. And the Board of Regents, the State Board of Regents dictates who does what in the university world and make sure that things aren't duplicated and that think programs are offered in the right places. And K-State Olathe petitioned them wanting to be the center of the university's uh, advanced manufacturing. That was approved. And so we are pleased, the Book Solid Center is pleased to be the first part of that that will be opening up their advanced manufacturing center at the Olathe campus. And it's a great fit for us. There's a lot of economic development and new businesses, new industry manufacturing that's coming uh, into place in that part of the state. It's a great fit. And um, we have opportunity to be very close to industry. We will be easier for people to access, whereas where we were at before, it was somewhat remote, several hours from a major airport. And now in Kansas City, it's a great location for, for all those reasons, for visitors and for our uh, access to industry. And so what services do you offer to industry? Well, it's the same that we've had for a while. Um, one of the main things we do is education courses. These are industry courses that we, they're short courses for industry personnel. We also do a lot of material testing so companies will send us samples of their materials and we help figure out from those material samples, we figure out how to design equipment and systems. For example, uh, how to do air filtration of different powders or various types of uh, conveying, mechanical conveying and pneumatic conveying. We can figure out recommendations based on the material samples and likewise um, storage and flow, for example, how do you get that material to flow out of a hopper or silo? We can figure those things out based on material samples. And then the third thing that we do is consulting and research projects. So we have full-scale equipment that we will be putting in place, and we do a lot of uh, 
projects with that to help people with scale up or with uh, solving issues related to pattern bulk solid handling. Okay. And what classes will you be offering? What courses will you be offering in 2024? We're starting those right away um, at the Olathe campus in Kansas City. The first ones are next month and uh, this month in, in February. It's a basic pneumatic conveying course. And then we're doing a repeat of that because that has been our most popular course. Uh, we're doing a get in, in uh, late March. So those are February 20, 20th and 21st, and then March 26th and 27th. And then in April, we're doing an advanced pneumatic conveying course. So the basic course is for people who need familiarity. Uh, we talk about the different types of conveying systems and which ones to use at which times, uh, vacuum or pressure advantages and disadvantages of each, and why you might use one versus another. And we talk about the major components and what makes up pneumatic conveying. And um, when things aren't going so well, how do you fix it? How do you um, trouble do troubleshooting? How do you improve things? And that's part of the basic course. And then the, in the advanced course, we more go more into theory and design of systems to um, help improve or upgrade or increase capacity when those things are needed. And that's in the advanced course. Uh, so we've had a, a break from our courses for a while uh, because of this transition okay. and I'm excited to get back uh, going with those. Those are on our, on the, uh, uh, at the, the website. If, anyone's interested, Google Bulk Solid Education at K-State. Okay. Okay. And these are at the Olathe campus? Right. Uh, we will have courses there at uh, Olathe. And then we have some wonderful partners that we're working with. A lot of the hands-on uh, full-scale demonstrations are going to be at some industry partners just a few minutes away from us. Oh, okay. Okay. So what, uh, yeah, what groups or, or partners are you working with? Well, um, we have a number of entities that we're working with. I already mentioned the university and the Board of Regents. In addition to that, we have four major equipment suppliers that are, that are I guess, kind of, kind of founding partners. They're providing some industry experts that are giving us advice and also uh, instruction at our classes. Uh, they are also providing, as I mentioned, uh, space for us to do these first courses while we're getting our lab set up. Uh, okay. And they're also donating equipment and systems that will be used in our new facility in their full-scale uh, laboratory. In addition, so in addition, we've got another 20 companies or so that are helping us with um, their donating equipment and services and monetary support. And without them, we wouldn't be able to have such a wonderful uh, setup of equipment. You know, lava, state-of-the-art, full-scale systems for con conveying, air filtering, material handling, storage and flow. And uh, they're helping us uh, with, with all of that. Okay. But you said, well, while that's getting set up, then you would actually go to the locations of some of these companies for product for demonstrations equipment demonstrations that's right they've been gracious enough in our first several courses while we were getting our 
equipment set up in the uh, in Olathe, we're going to be visiting these companies and using some of their facilities and visiting them and touring uh, demonstrations uh, and 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 real life demonstrations hands on. Uh, well, when we talk about conveying systems, and we'll be able to uh, do demonstrations running materials, trying things, seeing why systems plug and how to get them unplugged and what happens if things are too fast or too slow, not enough pressure and things like that. And the demonstrations are always the funnest part of the classes. And that will be the, uh, true these times as well. Nice. So has the mission of the Bulk Solid Center changed or evolved since it opened, I guess it was almost a decade ago? Uh, yes and no. The first few years, I would say we were we were more, a little more internally focused than we should have been and more academic, whereas the last half a dozen years, we've been really consistent that our focus is on helping industry. And that started before, right before I joined. But uh, So I've been there four years. And our focus really is on how do we help industry. We are the only university-based facility and staff in North America that's dedicated to improving the state of art and education for book solids. And so that part's been consistent all the way through. Uh, but the focus really is on, on uh, how do we help industry. That's why we do a lot of articles and webinars in ways that are trying to get the word out there for education. And that helps us with publicity so that people know about us and where to find us as well. Sure. So regarding industry, what what are some of the most important challenges facing the bulk solids handling industry and uh, what could or should be done to overcome those challenges? I would say, and, and I hear this from people all the time, that the, the biggest challenge is people and knowledge. So none of this stuff, none of this technology is taught in colleges. Everybody's in the same boat when they get hired as a, to work in maintenance or project engineering or process engineering. How does this stuff work and how do we figure it out? It, it's, it's the most interesting technology, the most widespread technology that nobody thinks about unless you're in, in, in this industry. And it's really interesting that, and that there's a lot of older, gray-haired people like me that are that are retiring, and the industry needs, and there's always a need for people either with experience or those who 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 want to learn. It's uh, it's it's good stuff. Uh, so what what technology would you say has had the greatest impact on bulk sods handling during your career? During my 40 years, well, I'd say two, two things, really. The first, the quick answer is electronics controls and automation. So when I started 40 years ago, there were a lot of analog and mechanical devices for controlling and measuring an instrumentation. And now that everything is digital and electronic, it is so much better, more reliable, less expensive, Automation is so much better. Data is so much better. And things are reliable and less expensive. An example would be VFDs or things that, you know, they, they control the speed of a motor. How fast is that thing turning and operating? Well, it used to be that those speed controllers were prohibitively expensive. 
but now they cost no more than a standard on-off motor starter. And so they're very common. And that's that's been uh, an, an example of how things have improved a lot. So that's the quick answer. But I would say a bigger impact during my career is how much more reliable equipment and systems are now. The equipment manufacturers have done a great job of improving their products. And most of the time, it's small incremental changes over over time that just add up. And the equipment is reliable. They know how to apply it. They know when and where to use it or when and where it doesn't work. And so the components are better than they used to be. And likewise, the same is true for systems. I got the impression when I started 40 years ago, I I worked at four different plants at DuPont, for example, and equipment suppliers, there were so many options available that we didn't know exactly which one was the best way to do it. So we would try things and there were learning curves and difficulties. And over time, over the decades, we've learned that some of those technologies should not be applied in every case. They only work, they work great for 20% of the cases. You know, what works in flour milling is not the same as ore handling, is not the same as plastics handling or pharma or food. Every application has their own interesting application requirements and the equipment system, system suppliers are really good and the equipment suppliers are really good at knowing what features and what equipment to use in what industry. Like uh, specialty chemicals is is a great example where manufacturing those used to be, it was somewhat hit or miss in that you try something and it didn't work, so let's try something else. Now those system suppliers are really good at knowing what works and as a result, Systems are better, they start up better, they're more reliable, things are more cost-effective. And I think that's the biggest improvement that I've seen during my career. Excellent. And so what challenges or technological advancements do you see impacting the industry significantly in the coming years? The biggest things coming are the different materials that industry is being asked to process. So all sorts of things like um, battery manufacturing. Well, the battery materials are improving, but those materials are difficult to handle. And as the materials change, we have to figure out how to handle those. The same with environmentally friendly materials or uh, biofuels, nanomaterials. Another one is 3D, 3D printing, which all of these things require special bulk solid materials, special handling, special filtration and flow requirements. And figuring those things out is uh, the fun part. And it's, and it's the challenge that's going on. So we have been figuring out how to do a better job of taking a sample of material and doing bench tests rather than just full-scale trial and error and using So the key is to be able to take a sample of material, do the proper tests, understand how to interpret those uh, test results, and then design things, whether it's uh, mixing or agglomeration or size reduction, 
conveying storage air filtration, all the above, we can do a better job of designing equipment and systems based on those small samples of material. And the materials are changing faster than I would have ever guessed. That's what makes it fun. Sure. Yeah. And and with, you said, uh, biomaterials, I assume that the difficulty with handling them is just the the particle shapes. Yes. If you're recycling material, you get a lot of odd particle shapes and sizes that, that are all mixed together. The oddest. Yeah. So picture any of those biomaterials, whether it's uh, seed bowls or straw, sugarcane, all of those things, or recycled waste, horrible particle shapes as far as interlocking and friction and bridging flow issues is the biggest challenge. But if it's done properly, we can figure that out and, and make it work properly. But it's, it's an interesting challenge. So with, with battery materials, what, is, what are the challenges there? Are, are they really fine or what is, what is the uh, difficulty? Yeah, fine and fine, sticky, hygroscopic. And it's the type of thing where, where you can make it work. The, the companies are figuring out in their labs what's the best material and combination of materials. And they'll add some oh, secret ingredients to make it the exact properties they want. And it works well in the lab, but when then when they try to scale it up, and scaling up means big because the the the, the requirements the the volume requirement is big. Scaling it up is is the challenge. You know, you scale it up from a lab to a pilot plant, or a pilot plant to full scale manufacturing, and each of those has big differences. You know, a one foot hopper is a lot different than a six foot hopper is a lot different than a uh, than a truck or a rail car full of material. Sure. So that kind of leads into my next question. What um, what are some of the most important things to remember or consider when you're designing a, a new bulk solids process? I would say one of the most important things when designing a process is to first set your goals because your project can't do everything. It can't be the least expensive and install the fastest and the highest rate and increase production and quality and improve reliability and uh, better flexibility. So you have to choose which of those things are most important for your project and get input from the, from the stakeholders, whether it's uh, production, maintenance people, marketing folks that are going to be selling the products that are being made and Set goals for the project and then share those goals with the equipment suppliers, your vendors, your system suppliers, and let them make recommendations of how to achieve those goals for your particular application and uh, your particular materials. Because as I said, those equipment suppliers are really good, uh, but they, they'll do best if they understand what the requirements are. And then the second thing I would say that's really important for people working on projects and bulk solid processes is to do one's homework and understand what the options are. You know, just for example, in conveying, there are a dozen types of mechanical conveying. There are half a dozen basic different types of pneumatic conveying. So knowing those options and which ones are applicable and which ones are the best fit Knowing the basics and what and the terminology and questions 
to ask and then uh, which suppliers to go to. Doing that homework is really important. And, and then do testing, uh, as we talked about. If you've got new materials and different requirements, testing is important and helps tremendously. And should testing uh, always be done kind of independently or, or suppliers do that? Who, where do you get your material tested and how? Yeah, to, there's several good choices. Um, the equipment suppliers and system suppliers will do testing, and they typically have nice test labs. They don't have everything. They can't have every bit of test equipment, but they, they have a nice variety, and they do that testing for free. Uh, so that's always a, a really good option to work with uh, one's equipment supplier, system supplier. The other good option is there are a few independent uh, labs, K-State, our Book Solid Center is, is a great example where we do independent testing for a fee and we try to have a very good, broad variety. We, we do a lot of testing for the equipment suppliers. Like I said, they, they, they can't have everything. And we have a, a better variety of, um, of the bench stale type material properties testing uh, apparatus. And, and so we do a lot of that. We do it for both the equipment suppliers and we also do it for people who are either using raw materials to make things or they're, and also those who are making uh, the specialty materials or, or specialty uh, bulk solids. So we, we do a lot of that. And uh, an example would be a company that uh, they make a powder and their customers are complaining that it is clumping. It's uh, caking and they can't use it properly. So we can help figure out what to do about that as an ex- and what the cause is, for example. Okay. Uh, and finally, what advice would you give to young people entering industries that handle or process bulk solid materials? Well, my advice would be that this is a fun business. Uh, it's a fun technology. It's not rocket scientists, not rocket science. We can figure out the basics without too much problem, but applying it to different materials and different applications is really a interesting challenge. Every project is different. Every material is different. Locations are different. You know, handling things down south is a lot different than handling things up north. And it's fun challenges. And 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 as evidence of that, I would say look at the people who get into this industry and and dig into it a little bit, they stick with it. Everybody, the uh, lots of friends who have gotten started uh, and people don't leave the industry, this technology once they get started because it's, it is fun. It's interesting. And uh, my advice for young people is uh, you will enjoy it. All right. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Todd. It was, uh, it was great talking to you and good luck with your new location and the, the spring classes you have set up. My pleasure. Thanks very much, Nate. Thank you for listening to Ear on Processing. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app and share our episodes with colleagues that could find the information we share helpful.